Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dare to My Heart podcast. I am your host slash family caregiver coach slash boot camp instructor slash nurse. <laughs> Michelle Allen here with you guys this week. Um, I wanted to come on this week. It's not going to be a long one. It's a quick one. This one is very much so more health based um, regarding something that came out recently. I'm going to say in the last couple of days, based on when I'm recording this, it's something that came out from the American Heart Association regarding eight essential uh, factors that we need to consider in our areas of living to help create improved uh, cardiac health. So this is the thing. Um, of course, this podcast is a resource podcast for family caregivers. I apologize for the sirens in the back. You know, I do live in New York, so <laughs> things are always going on. Um, this podcast is a resource podcast for family caregivers to help them uh, deal with the overwhelm and the stress um, that comes with just being a caregiver naturally, as well as helping you guys care for your aging loved ones. So it's tips to help you improve the relationship there in terms of resources for them that can help make caregiving a little bit easier on you. So it's, it's kind of twofold. I'm here for you as a family caregiver, as well as in essence, secondary here with uh, for your aging loved ones. So this is the thing. I'm looking at the website here on my uh, iPhone. So the American Heart Association came out with um, these things. They're called, they titled it Life's Essential Eight. And it's eight things that we need to consider um, that is happening or maybe not happening in our lives, but that should be happening to help improve cardiac health, heart health, right? Okay, so these are the health behaviors. Now they made some changes. Apparently it used to be seven, essentials and they made it to eight and I'll tell you which one is the newly added one once we get to it. So let's take it one by one, right? So first thing you want to look into is your diet. You want to aim for overall healthy eating powder that includes whole foods, fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, nuts, seeds, and proper cooking oils. Um, for me and the research I've done, you want to stay away from your vegetable oil, um, what are the sunflower oil, safflower oil. You want to lean more towards the less processed oils, which would be unrefined coconut oil, avocado oil, or even extra virgin olive oil. So those are things you want to cook with. Um, so of course, I think we all would, would kind of know that, right? Diet. You want to make sure your diet is well-rounded. Now, Yes, I'm a nurse. Yes, I know what's good for you, what's not good for you. But at the same time, I'm a nurse that believes in moderation. You know, it, you kind of have to use your, your, your smarts with it as well. If you're diabetic, you need to be limiting the amount of sugar intake that's going into your body. If you have high blood pressure, you should be limiting the amount of um, salt intake that you're having. If you have heart failure or kidney issues, you're limiting the amount of fluids that are going into your body. So by all means, take these... Um, eight essentials that they're saying, um, and then also discuss it with your doctors. And it also depends on what your health history is, okay? Uh, so definitely diet. You wanna aim for a more well-rounded, balanced diet, okay? Try to keep out the, the sodas, keep out the candies, keep out the sugars, um, keep out the refined carbohydrates. You want more whole grain carbohydrates. So things like that. Again, I said, guys, this is gonna be a quick one. The next thing they wanted you to focus on out of the eight essentials, number two, physical activity. Physical, now again, not something that we don't know. A lot of these we are, I'm sure we all know, we just have to put into practice and do, right? So physical activity, adults should get, according to here anyway, American Heart Association, adults should get two and a half hours of moderate exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous 
physical activity per week. Kids should get about 60 minutes every day, including play and structure activities. Um, okay, so again, you have to take this with a grain of salt in the sense of just know your body and know what you're dealing with in your health history, right? So if you have severe pain, um, it's hard for you to walk. Maybe you walk with a walker. I am not telling you not to walk. I will never, and I have never told any of my patients not to walk, even when they have shortness of breath. You're gonna walk. You just wanna watch and listen to your body and make sure you don't overdo, right? So with that, you make sure you get some sort of activity. I always tell people, just start with the basics. If it's just walking, walking in the house, not to the bathroom and back to your chair or back to your bed. That's not walking in terms of exercise. I'm saying walking, maybe you have the living room, the kitchen and the dining room are all connected and you can just go in a circle. So do that circle a couple of times, maybe a couple of times a day. If you're able to get out the house, go down the block and come back. If you can only make it to two houses and come back, every little bit helps. Now, for my friends that are in buildings, especially here in New York, we have, we're known for our high rises and we have buildings with multiple levels. If you have buildings and you have a hallway, you, my friend, have no excuse. You have to be doing some sort of activity every day or at least every other day. You can go into your hallway. It can be a blizzard outside. It can be a hurricane. That won't matter for you. It could be a heat wave. You can go into your hallway and walk and do some activity. Now, if we have balance issues, of course, we don't want to go out and do that on our own. You want to make sure somebody knows you're doing what you're doing um, or somebody's with you to just, you know, make sure all is well and you're safe as you're doing whatever it is in terms of walking that you're doing. So definitely physical activity. It makes sense. Um, okay, next one. Number three out of the eight, nicotine exposure. Let's see what they have here. Use of inhaled nicotine delivery products, which include traditional cigarettes, e-cigarettes, and vaping is the leading cause of preventable death in the United States, including, uh, including about a third of all deaths from heart disease. Smoking, we've, I don't, I, I don't wanna say I'm old, I'm not trying to age myself, but when I was growing up, <laughs> we only had cigarettes to worry about. Now this generation has e-cigarettes and vaping, like it's gotten to a whole different level, but the key thing here is just your nicotine exposure. Whether you are, um, uh, doing it directly, like you yourself are doing the smoking, and then of course indirectly where you get secondhand. So you want to make sure you're aware of that. Smoking is not good for the body. I'm not making that up. There have been studies upon studies upon studies. So just listen to the studies. Um, what else do I want to say about smoking? If the sooner you stop, the better for your body. Again, I'm in home care. So I see what these effects look like long-term and it's not fun. Uh, we see a lot of commercials that are out there um, trying to get people not to smoke and they're not lying. They're not making those commercials up. Those commercials are not extremes. Like, oh, they just put something together and they're just trying to scare you. No, these are real people who are showing you the effects of smoking. So please, if we can, I always try to, to, to say people, I'm not saying for you to stop cold turkey. That's not easy for everyone to do. So I totally understand that. But you have to reduce. Start reducing, start reducing. Talk to your doctor. Maybe, um, you know, I'm not as familiar with how it all works, but, you know, maybe there's a nicotine prevention program your city might be offering. Maybe the, you can work with them in terms of getting a prescription for the Nicorette gum or, you know, some nicotine suppressing type um, medication or supplements that will help you. Just try for your health. Try. Okay. All right. Next one. Number four. 
again, something I think we all know, sleep. It is important for your body, for your heart health to sleep well. And I stress the word well, <laughs> okay? So according to here, uh, most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep each night. Children require more, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then eight to 10 hours for ages 13 to 18. Adequate sweet sleep promotes healing, improves brain function, and reduces risk for chronic diseases. Sleeping is important, people. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, I'm not guilty. I, I'd be happy if I can get seven to nine hours in my daggone self. So I'm with you guys on that, especially when you are working, you have a career, you have a family, you're multiple things to multiple people. It may not come out that way, but you have to be intentional to try to do a little better. Maybe if you can get seven hours in a few nights a week, maybe it won't be every night. And that's okay too, but you got to find that balance. It shouldn't be that you're living off of four hours of sleep every night. That's not healthy. That's not healthy for anyone. Okay, so definitely sleep. Your sleeping needs to be decent. If you have trouble sleeping, you know, look things up and see what's out there. Maybe I'll try to find a podcast um, on that to help people with trouble sleeping. I know a lot of my aging seniors that I speak with um, in my job on a day-to-day -day basis, one of my questions is about insomnia. So I asked them, how are you sleeping at night? 99% of the time it's, I don't sleep well. I don't sleep well. I don't sleep through the night. I'm thinking, they'll tell me I'm thinking, or maybe it's, um, Maybe they have um, bathroom issues. They got to go to the bathroom a couple of times a night. So there's multiple reasons why people aren't sleeping well. But if you're able to try to control it for yourself, um, try to get the sleeping better under control. That'd be great. Okay, number five. Again, something we know, your weight. You want to maintain a healthy weight. Maintaining a healthy weight is good for the body. Now, don't get it twisted. Just because you see someone that you would think is overweight doesn't mean that their heart health is not good. Do not assume based on somebody's shape that they're automatically healthy. A, a thinner person does not mean that they're healthy. Trust and believe, okay? So one, that's just out of don't try to fat shame people. Don't try to skinny shame people. Just know you don't know what anybody's body is doing internally. They look like they're doing great and then things are going on on the inside that maybe sometimes they don't even know about. So please don't assume because someone is heavier in size that they are unhealthy and don't assume that someone is thinner in size that they are healthy. That is not the case. So you just want to maintain a healthy weight for yourself. And when you do some of the other factors that we mentioned before, that attributes to a healthier weight in the end as well. Um, so definitely you want to talk to your doctor about weight. If it's something that maybe you need to work on, maybe you need to lose Maybe you need to talk about it. Maybe it's a medication that's causing you to be overweight. Maybe it's your health history and your diagnosis that's causing you to be overweight um, or underweight. You know, it can be a lot of factors. So just take that into consideration and um, have a conversation with your doctors, but also have an honest conversation with yourself. Are you eating cookies every night? Yeah. It's funny. I had... um. A girlfriend, she had a birthday party this week. So we went to the party and we were just kind of chit-chatting and talking. And she mentioned, she's like, oh my gosh, you know, when I have my weight, it goes to my belly. And then my belly, and she was just fussing about her belly and her abdomen area, how it's getting a little bigger. But she's like, but my husband and I, we be going to Cold Stone a lot. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, I feel like it's a chain that's nationwide at this point, but Cold Stone Creamery, right? The ice cream shop that they make mixed ingredients together right in front of you and to do this ch -ch 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 thing with spatulas and then they oh, I 
love Coldstone. I do. I love me some Coldstone. Matter of fact, we're getting Coldstone this weekend because it's my son's 13th birthday. So that's just to tell you, even for us, I love Coldstone. My family loves Coldstone, but Coldstone does not come in this house unless it's a special occasion or it's like once a quarter. That's the only time Coldstone comes in the house. You can't have Coldstone every week and think that you're not going to put on weight. Right. So that's what I mean in terms of just trying to make better choices in terms of your sleep, nicotine, smoking, physical activity, and diet. And that should lead to a better weight for you. Okay. Okay. Next factor, number six. Number six essential your cholesterol. So let's see what we have here. Mind you, again, guys, I'm reading this off of the American Heart Association website. Uh, high levels of non-HDL or bad cholesterol can lead to heart disease. Your healthcare professional, your healthcare professional can consider non-HDL cholesterol as the preferred number to monitor rather than the total cholesterol because it is measured without fasting beforehand and is reliably calculated among all people. So you just wanna basically, and I think these next couple ones, yeah, these next last three ones are ones that you, um, you would talk to your doctor about. These next three ones. So this one and the two that's coming up next are ones, well, even the weight, that's things you talk to your doctor about. Um, labs will show you what this next one and the next two will offer you. Things you have to sit down with your doctor and talk about, things that they're looking at to see, do I need to start medication? Do I need to stop medication? Do I need to adjust a dosage? Um, so your cholesterol are things, and that kind of goes back to diet, right? It goes back to weight and it goes back to even physical activity. A lot of these things will affect these last few uh, essentials that they have listed. So it all works together. You notice that you can't just do one and not affect the other. What you want it to do though, is to affect it in a positive manner, not in a negative manner for your body. Okay. Um, essential number seven is your blood sugar. Most of the food we eat is turned into glucose or what we call blood sugar that our body uses as energy. Over time, high levels of blood sugar can damage your heart, kidneys, eyes, and nerves. As part of testing, monitoring the hemoglobin A1C can better reflect long-term control in people with diabetes or pre-diabetes. So yes, when we talk about blood sugar and making sure you're maintaining a good blood sugar level, we're talking about diabetes, right? Um, that is one thing I've learned, or one of the many things I've learned in doing home care. Diabetes affects the entire body from the head to the toe, it really does. And people don't realize it. People tend to, um, that's one of the more common things people tend to ignore. And then when they finally decide to maybe get their things together and straighten up and follow the directives their doctors are telling them, it kind of might be a little too late, okay? So you wanna maintain your blood sugar. You wanna make sure, again, you're seeing your doctor regularly because these are things that they will pick up on at medical appointments when they draw your labs. Um, and it's funny I mentioned that because I have my annual appointment tomorrow, so I'm getting my labs done. So I'll get all my lab results back in the next couple of days. So these are things, again, I'm not telling you, um, you know, that there are not other ways of doing things. Yes, you talk to your doctor, you do some research on your own, always encourage you doing your own research. Nothing's wrong with that. I believe in the medicinal as well as the holistic. Maybe you want to try some herbal ways of doing things. But sometimes when it's not working, you have to understand that maybe the medicine part needs to come in right? And then work together and coincide together. So whatever you're doing in terms of maintaining your health, let your, your doctors know. And seeing your doctors regularly, even if it's once a year. For me, I think I'm down to twice a year now with my doctor. Um, then that's fine, but get in to see your doctor, okay? So blood sugar. And then the last essential from the eight 
life essentials to help improve cardiac health is your blood pressure. Blood pressure, keeping your blood pressure within acceptable ranges can keep you healthier longer. Um, you want your levels to be below 120 over 80, ideally. Ideally, that's what you want. And then high blood pressure is now defined as the top number being between 130 and 139 and the bottom number between 80 and 89. They recently changed those blood pressure um, ranges um, in the last couple of years to what it is now. So before they wanted you to get, you know, 120 over 80. Now they're telling you, ideally, they want you to be below 120 over 80. So just definitely something, again, you would see that when you go to your medical appointments. Even the blood pressure, that's something you can check at home, um, just like the blood sugar. Um, sometimes your doctors require you to, depending on what's going on with your health. Or some people just take it on themselves to do it on their own and check the blood pressure blood pressure, excuse me, every day. Um, I know my, my mother-in-law is here with me now. And her and my father-in-law are very strict. Even my mother down in Florida, they take their blood pressures every day, every day. She takes her blood sugar every day. Um, so those are things that can be done in the home as well. They have electronic blood pressure cuffs as well as a manual. Manuals are harder to work if you don't have a healthcare background. So most people tend to go the electronic route, um, battery operated uh, blood pressure machines. And they're good, but I know for me, I prefer the manual. So when I can get someone to do a manual, that's when we get it done. Um, or I take my own manual, which they have kits that you can do that too. But again, you have to have that knowledge of what you're doing. And if you're not in the health field, you're not going to. Um, so let's go over these eight essentials again. These are the life essentials, uh, the life essentials eight that the American Heart Association released this week to say that we need to all look at to improve our cardiac health. And that is an improved diet, improved physical activity, less nicotine exposure, improved sleeping pattern and duration, uh, maintaining a healthy weight, and maintaining healthy levels of your cholesterol, your blood sugar, and your blood pressure. So I end this to say to my, my caregivers as you're listening to this, please take care of yourselves. That is one thing that caregivers forget to do. And sometimes it's not intentional. You really just, you're running, 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 just kind of forget about yourself. You know, people talk about self-care all the time. We talk about burnout and self-care for family caregivers. Remember, part of self-care is maintaining your health. Part of self-care is going to your doctor appointment. So please take the time. If you are not here, who is going to be here to assist with your loved one? Think about it. And for some of y'all, you don't want who's left here to take care of your loved one. So you want to make sure that you do the best you can to maintain your health. And in maintaining your health, you'll be there for your loved one to help care for them. Okay. And then also now, flipping on my seniors, for the person that you're caring for, you do the best for them to maintain their health to make the caregiving for you um, less stressful and not as hectic. If there's less health issues that you're dealing with, then that's a little bit easier on you for what you have to deal with on a daily basis for caregiving for them, right? So definitely make sure they are getting to their medical appointments. Make sure you're interacting with their doctors that they know to communicate with you and do the best you can to, to be present for these medical appointments. Trust and believe Doing what I do as a home care nurse, I always tell my patients when I ask them how many medical appointments they have to go to in the last three months, and they tell me. For some people, majority of people, 
I always tell them like, you retired, but this has become like a second job because you're at the doctor like every week. And they're like, you don't even understand nurse. And I'm like, my God. So I understand that's a lot because that comes down now on the caregiver. If they're not able to go on their appointments by themselves, the patient or your loved one, then that requires someone to go with them. And then now that requires you to take off of work uh, and use up PTO time or vacation time you don't have, or you're just taking work without pay. And that cuts into the final expenses for everything as well. So if we can all maintain our health, you maintain yours as well as your aging loved one's health, that would be ideal. So I want you guys to look up these things. The Life's Essential 8, just Google it and it'll take you to the website for the American Heart Association. So that's just something quick that I wanted to talk to you guys about. If I can be of any assistance to you guys uh, with the services for Dear to My Heart, because that is the name of my business as well as podcast, uh, let me know. I am a family caregiver coach here for you as the family caregiver to make sure I help you get through this new chapter in life regarding caring for your aging loved ones. I'm here for you. We go through weekly calls to see what's going on, as well as we talk about what's going on with your aging loved one. Because if we don't have a stable situation there, that's going to affect how you're doing in terms of your personal self or caregiving. So you kind of get both worlds, and especially because I'm a nurse, you get that nursing experience there with it too when you become uh, part of my uh, caregiving community. Uh, caregiving coaching community, excuse me. Um, I also do family caregiver boot camps. I love my boot camp. Yes. So boot camps is a program that I created out of a need that I saw many years ago. And it's not, it hasn't stopped. If anything, it's gotten worse, to be honest with you, with this pandemic, um, where family caregivers are getting less and less time of formal home care help with a home attendant through whether it's insurance or Medicaid or Medicare less time is being allotted to people, which means family caregiver, <coughs> excuse me, caregivers are stepping in more. And with them stepping in more, you're not getting trained, are we? Let's, let's think about that. And this is coming from someone who's trained and taught the New York State Certification Program for Home Attendance. The families are not being trained or given just basic skills on what to expect and how to help their loved ones. They're just figuring it out and flying by the seat of their pants. And many are doing the best they can. But the family caregiver boot camp, one time class, maybe about three to four hours, depending on how big the class is. We go through a lot of a variety of different things. The class can be done one on one. It can be done with a small group up to five people. It can be done for your personal family. It can be done for business and offices. It's a beautiful program. We talk about nutrition, we talk about um, advanced directives, we talk about bathing, we talk about dressing, all of that gets discussed. So plus much more trust and believe. I go into much more details. Uh, I've seen a lot over these last 15 years and we try to cover a good amount of it during the Family Caregiver Bootcamp. So if you want to get any information on any of my services or any um, anything regarding Dear to My Heart, you can definitely go to the website, daretomyheart.com. And two is the number two, daretomyheart.com with the number two, dot um, com. And you can go there, email me, inbox me. Uh, same thing, Dare to My Heart on Facebook, Dare to My Heart on Instagram. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, with that note, I'm going to get ready and get dressed because I have to go to the gym. See, physical activity. I have intentionally put that into my schedule for the last three years. I just celebrated three years at my gym, four years changing my health and making a lifestyle change. And it has been a blessing to my life when I tell you. 
we'll go into that detail maybe another day. But for now, you all have a blessed week. And until next time, I'll see you.